welcome to our Victory Outreach Chino podcast. We pray you are blessed, encouraged, and challenged with this message. Ephesians, book of Ephesians, chapter 6. And I'm going to be reading out of the KJV. Amen. Don't start set tripping. KJV, right? Don't start doing that. Amen. But this is the King James Version, and I'm just going to read it out of that. Uh, because uh, I'm very used to this portion of scripture in this certain version. And the Bible says here in Ephesians chapter 6, beginning in verse 10, the Bible says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you might be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual weakness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye would be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand, stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, having on the breastplate of righteousness, your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith, Wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we come before you, and we thank you this morning, God, that we're able to have joy, we're able to have fun in the house of God. Your word, Father God, it, it just pierces our hearts. It brings change. But it also brings great encouragement and comfort to our hearts, knowing, God, that we're on the right path. We thank you this morning. We ask your blessing. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said? Amen. Amen. Turn to your neighbor and say, fight or flight. Hallelujah. You may be seated this morning. Fight or flight. You know, um, I was in the Eagle Rock Church for maybe about uh, six years, seven years. And that area over there, there's a lot of old Elizabethan type houses. There's a lot of real old houses over there. And um, there was a lady, this, this lady came up to me and asked me. She said, listen, can you go pray for my son? Because he made a deal with the devil and he said he sold his soul to the devil, and now he regrets it. And already, you know, us, amen, we're like, oh, shoot, you mean go over there, right? But that, that night happened to be a windstorm in Highland Park. And that windstorm took down all the lights in that whole area. And it was raining. And I was scared. No, I'm just kidding, amen. And it was, it was really like, a, you know, one of those spooky movies because you're driving down the street and, and uh, it's an old house in an old area. Um, and I, I go up to the gate hoping that her son wasn't going to be there, right? And so I open the gate and the gate creaks. And I'm like, oh, heck no, right? And I stand back. I'm hoping he doesn't come out of the house. And I just say, well, I went. At least I went, right? But there he is. Hey, Pastor Danny. And he comes out of the house. And this guy was all alone in the home. The house was pitch black, creaky door. And then he comes out with a candle under his face. You know how creepy people look when they have a candle under their face, right? He comes out and says, come on in. 
And, and I sit down with this guy, and he starts telling me about how he sold his soul to the devil. He says, you know, he tells me, you know, I don't, um, I, I was in this band, this rock band, and it wasn't going anywhere. So I made a covenant with the devil. If he gives us popularity, then I would serve him. And he's right there, and I'm right there, like, in that house. And I'm hearing creaks in the back room. And I go, you sure nobody's home? And he's telling me, no, no, nobody's home. And I'm like, right there, I told myself, either I'm going to flight or I'm going to fight, amen. Either I'm going to stay here and pray for this guy or I'm going to tell him, I, I think my wife's calling me and uh, I got to get out of here, amen, because this is just too creepy for me, right. So I end up ministering to the guy, talking to him, and, and you know, everything turns out good. He turns his back on the devil, comes back to the Lord, and, and God, uh, you know, saved him, changed him, touched his life. But those moments like that, you really, really find out if you're going to run or you're going to stay. Because those are times where the enemy comes and he wants to intimidate your life. He wants to uh, press in and show you that you're the one that's weak and he's the one that's strong. And so in this book of Ephesians, throughout this these two chapters, uh, the, the Apostle Paul is telling us right here, listen, I want you to walk in love. I want you to be a child of light. I want you to submit one to another. Wives, submit to your husband. Husbands, submit to your wives. Children, obey your fathers. Fathers, provoke not your children into wrath. He's telling them this powerful lifestyle of Christianity. And then he says, finally in the end, he says, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord. Why? Because the devil is not going to let us live a strong Christian church and display to the world what a powerful life that we live and what a joyous life that we live. He's, the devil's not just going to step aside and let us be a testimony to the world. He's going to fight you for that lifestyle. He's going to fight you for your family. He's going to fight you for your job. He's going to fight you because he does not want us to display the power of Christianity and the way people change and marriages come together and fathers and sons are restored and husbands and wives and all these things. See, the devil doesn't want to. So the, the apostle Paul says in the end, he says, you know what? I got this one last thing to tell you guys. You want to live this Christianity? You want to have a powerful lifestyle? You're going to have to fight for it. It's not going to be easy. You're going to have to fight to shine the light for Christ within this world. And so Paul says, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. See, King David was a little boy, and he had to face this big giant. And Saul and all the other warriors were hiding in the trenches, trembling in their boots. But young David stepped up and says, listen, I'll fight that giant. And Saul tries to get his armor and put it onto David. And David says, no, 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 this armor is not tested. I know what I can fight with against this giant. And see, a lot of times when the Bible says, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might, the world tell, tries to tell us how to dress and how to fight the devil. Listen, we don't need no uh, direction from the world. We know how to fight the devil. We know what weapons we need. We know how to stand for God each and every day. So David says, no, 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 get that armor away from me. I got a sling and I know how to fight against this enemy. 
and David stood up against that enemy. Sometimes the world comes and says, uh, we want to give you therapy sessions. Come on, sit down on my couch, I'll give you a therapy session, right? And you know what the Bible says? Bible says, listen, you don't need no therapy session. You need to put on the mind of Christ. You need to abide under the shadow of the most high God. When we run into problems, it's time to get a hold of God in prayer. It's time to go before God and say, God, I don't know what's going on in my life. I don't know what's going on with my daughter. I don't know what's going on with my son. But God, I know that you are the one that will go before me. Make the crooked places straight. You're the one that will give me that battle axe so that I could fight against the enemy. I'm not going to go to the world for therapy and sit on some couch and pay $1,000 a minute. I'm not going to go there, but I'm going to get into God's word. I'm going to pray. I'm going to seek the face of God. Listen, we got to get back to the old school. The old school says you don't need that. You don't need what the world has to offer to you. You need what God has for you. Open the book. Open the Bible. Get on your knees and learn how to fight in the spirit. How many can say amen? It's not about what the world can offer to you. Man can offer his counsel all day long, but God says abide under the shadow of the most high God. It's time that we learn how to fight. It's time that we learn how to say like David, you come to me with your sword, but I come to you in the name of the Lord. Amen. And this day I'm going to take your head off and I'm going to hold it up before Israel and say this is the victory of God. This is the victory of God. The Bible says here that when we are weak, then we are strong. For in my weakness, listen, when I admit I can't do it in my human strength, that's when I call upon the name of the Lord and the power of God comes in and he goes before us. The Lord himself will fight for us. Can somebody say amen? I believe this simply that the Bible has every answer to every problem. Hands down, the Bible has an answer to every one of your problems. This is a book of life, beloved. You want life? Get into this book. Be strong in the Lord comes through faith in his word. Be strong in the Lord comes. I have faith that God is able to take me through any trial that comes my way. And the Bible says, in the power of his might, be strong in the power of his might. That comes through prayer. Prayer. Man will tell you you need a paradigm shift. God will say you need a different spirit. Huh? Man will say, oh, you need to see things in a different way. Here, read this book. Huh? And God says you need a different spirit. You need to be like Kayla of Joshua. That they didn't believe the report of the ten spies. They didn't believe that the giants could overcome them. But they had a different spirit. Right now in this world we need a different spirit. In this world, we need to be different from every other person that says that the world has power. But we say our God has power. They say those, those giants are big, but we say our God is bigger. Uh, we got to understand that this time right now in this world, man is going to try to make you depend on them. And God is calling you to depend on him. 
Back in the day when the home needed food, they got down and prayed. Amen. You didn't have food. Women's home, you got down and you prayed. And pretty soon those trucks start pulling up. Huh? Those vendors start coming and delivering all that food. When we needed something back in the day, when we needed a building, Pastor Sonny said, pray, pray. Don't start looking for all the angles and don't start hustling and try to get. You pray and watch the hand of the Lord. Watch the salvation of God. God is going to do it. The Bible says in Numbers chapter 14 verse 24, but my servant Caleb. Because he has a different spirit in him and he has followed me fully. In other words, everything God said, Caleb and Joshua did it. Because they followed God with all of their heart. The Bible says there they had a different spirit. And he said, listen, I'm going to bring you into that promised land. I'm going to take you to where you need to go. Today we need to understand one thing is that if you have the spirit of this world, you're going to be looking and trying to find answers in a human realm. But we don't live in a human realm. We live in a supernatural realm. We live in the power of God being upon our hearts and our minds and saying, God, give me the answer. We need victory today. We need victory. How many are tired of seeing Christians walk around all defeated nowadays? Huh? What's wrong? Oh, my emotions. Oh, my situation. Oh, pastor, I'm feeling the certain way. I'm tired of seeing that. Why? Because, man, I'm going to battle with you guys. Amen. I don't want to see everybody all defeated, walking around. One day up, the next day down. One day they're in victory. The next day they're dragging their, their bottom lip on the carpet. We have a carpet cleaner. We don't need your lip cleaning our carpet. We need you to get up as men and women of God and say, I have the victory in Jesus. Because of what Jesus did on the cross at Calvary, we have the victory. He put all these principalities and powers to shame because they thought they had them. And all of a sudden, that lifeless body, hello, somebody. There's some light that came into that cave. And all of a sudden, that the power of God came into his lifeless body, and he got up. That spells victory. We have victory. We don't need to walk in defeat anymore. What happens is prayerlessness amplifies the giants. When you don't pray, all of a sudden you start seeing these things as giants, right? But you know what prayerfulness does? It amplifies God. And all of a sudden those giants look small and our God looks big. But when we don't pray, all every trial that comes your way looks like another giant, another giant, another giant. Why? Because prayer does that. Prayer changes your mentality. Prayer gives you that other spirit. Prayer is the one that stirred up Joshua and Caleb to say, we are more than able to go up and take that land. See, that's the mentality that we need to have. And we're more than able to walk this walk. Do you think Jesus came and went through all that he went through to put the footsteps in the sand, the footprints in the sand, so we could be back there all defeated and say we can't do this Christian walk? No, he set the pace. He set the footprints so that we could walk in victory and have triumphed over the enemy. He said he overcame the world already. All we need to do is follow those footprints. Can somebody say amen? 
That's all we need to do. Follow those footprints. So let's go back to Ephesians 6.11. And the Bible says, Put on the whole armor of God that you might be able to stand against the devil. Do you know there's only one part that the, the uh, armor doesn't care, cover? And that's the back. Amen. So when you turn tail and run, you're not covered. Amen. You got to understand as long as you're marching forward, locking arms with brothers and sisters, you are able to overcome anything. Huh? Because you're locked together. The Romans had tall shields and they would lock them together. And that became like a wall. As they marched, that became like a wall. But listen, when you turn your back and run, there's arrows that are going to be chasing you right there. Huh? Don't break rank. Can somebody say amen? You got to fight, don't flight. You got to fight, don't flight. You got to fight, don't run. Don't run. March forward. You're well protected when you're marching forward. And the Bible says here, put on the whole armor of God that you might be able to stand against your enemy. Have you ever stood up against a bully? Huh? I know some of you girls, amen, you said, that's it, man. That girl has been pushing me around too much. I'm taking off my lead press on nails. I'm putting my hair in a little bun. This, I'm going to school with a sweatshirt on, amen. I'm going with tennies on, and I'm going to get that girl by the greñas, and I'm going to teach her a lesson, and I'm going to get her. And, and you were tired of getting bullied, huh? There was a, a little short guy in my school. His name was Jesse. This guy was like the first cholo that ever popped up in the fourth grade. We are going, dude, we're over here, stay up, long hair and wallabies and vans, and we're walking around this guy turned into a cholo like in the fourth grade. We're like, man, where'd this guy come from, right? And so he started pushing us around, punking us, doing all kinds of things. But I remember in the eighth grade, he got arrested for selling reds in our school. And he went away for two years. And when he got out of camp, he came back to our high school, and he was still this short. And everybody else grew around him. So he tried to do that same thing and start punking us. And we said, no, 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 no. Come on. You want to punk us? You're from our neighborhood. You're not going to pull out a knife or a gun on us. We're going to go toe-to-toe. Come on. Come on. And every one of them started, all of us started calling them out. Come on. You're not that same kid in elementary school that's going to punk us and push us around and take our money. No, 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 no. Now. Now. You're going to take a walk. Come on. Let's take a walk. Huh? Come on. And all of a sudden, now he wasn't that big bully anymore. Now all of a sudden he gave us our respect. huh? You know, the enemy has been punking many of us. The devil has been pushing us around. The devil has been messing with our finances and our marriage. But you know what the Bible says? It's time to take a stand. It's time to say enough is enough. I'm not going to put up with this anymore, devil. I'm going to get there. I'm going to learn how to pay my tithes. I'm going to learn how to say sorry to my wife. I'm going to learn how to be humble and come under my leadership. I'm going to learn, right? And you're not going to punk me no more and tell me all these things. I'm going to take a stand and I'm going to learn how to do things the right way. Can somebody say amen? The devil's been messing with you. He's been messing with your family. And now it's time to get a hold of God and say, listen, I'm going to take a stand. I'm going to take a stand. There was a man in the Bible that had a lintel patch. 
Philistines were coming at him so much. But the Bible says he got his sword and he protected that little lintel patch. And he killed all kinds of Philistines. Uh, you and I got to understand one thing. God gave you your salvation. He gave you your family. He gave you your, your husband, your wife, whoever that is. That's your lintel patch. That's your little bean patch right there. huh? And you don't want to lose ground on the devil. You come too far to go backwards now. Amen. Men's home, you came too far to go backwards now. You came too far in your sobriety. You came too far in your marriage. You came too far in your material goods and all that God has given you to start going backwards now. So you got to stand. You got to stand. Don't give ground back to the devil. Amen. You got to stand in the midst of that bean patch and say, this is my bean patch. I know it looks ugly to everybody else. But this is my bean patch. Amen. I came this far. And God has helped me. And I'm not going backwards anymore. So the Bible says that they, Joshua and Caleb, they stood their ground. And they, they came and they said, listen. Uh, give me that mountain. I, I'm not going to go backwards. I'm going to move forward. The Bible says to put on the whole armor of God. We are well protected when we're marching forward. Can somebody say amen? amen. Then the Bible says to stand against the trickery of the devil. Verse 11. He has tricked people for the, the thousands of years. He tricked the best and the brightest. So we have to understand that the devil hit Adam and Eve right here in their mind. Huh? The mind is playing tricks on you? I sit alone in the room staring at candles, huh? My mind is playing tricks on me. The devil starts right here, and then it goes down to your emotions, and then it goes down to your, your will to walk it out. You know, the word cardia in the Greek, it means the mind, the emotion, and the will. And the devil hits you in your mind. He puts thoughts. The Bible says that he put the thought into Judas' heart to go and betray Jesus. He, he starts off right here in your mind. Turn to your neighbor and say your cranium. Right there in your mind. He starts off in your head. He plants a thought. Then all of a sudden, it gets to your emotion. And then he gets to your will and you walk it out. So what do we have to do? We have to stop it right here in our mind. You know, some of you love to complain. Some of you love to point out the negative. Everything could have gone well at prayer summit, but then there's those critics, right, that come, and they're right there, amen. They got their pen, pastor, and they're right there writing it down. I'm going to tell pastor, I'm going to tell pastor, I'm going to tell pastor, I'm going to tell pastor. And everything could go well. You go to Disneyland, Arab, great day. They come, well, my fries were cold, you know. And we, uh, come on, beloved. Why can't we stop with that thought that the devil puts in you, right? Puts in your head. Why can't we stop it? You know why? Because you start getting feelings. Your emotions. Yeah, but she said this, and he said that, and the last time this happened, and she told me this, and all those things. The devil, he's got a little playground going on with some of those. Puts the thought, gets the emotion, then all of a sudden you're going over there to tell that girl off. Huh? You borrowed my lipstick. Give me back my lipstick, right? What? You guys are fighting over that? Why? Because the devil starts right there in your mind. Gets down to your emotions. And let me just share this about emotions. Is listen, 
Feelings are not facts. Feelings are not facts. Some people come to me and say, but pastor, I feel a certain way. It's just a feeling, bro. Don't act on your feeling. huh? Push past through that. Get to the word. Get to the facts and start living out your life. We don't have to act off of emotion or every thought that comes into your mind. One man says you sow a thought and you reap an act. You sow an act and you reap a habit. You sow a habit continually and you reap a lifestyle. And you sow a lifestyle and you reap your destiny. Don't sow those thoughts that are going to bring you down and the people around you. The, uh, one man said, I think it was Martin Luther says, all the thoughts can fly over your head, but they're not going to nest in your hair, beloved. You, the thoughts can come and go, but you don't let them nest in your hair. Don't let them get into your mind. You know what the Bible says. You already know how good God is. Don't let the devil come in and put that, that, that little splinter. You know, we're building the, the doors over here in the multipurpose room. And there's a thing, I think it's called a shiv or, or a little, a little uh, tiny piece of wood. And you got to balance the doors out with them. What are they called? A shim, right? A shim. You put the shim in there and it balances out. You know, sometimes it's just a little shim, one of those little thin pieces of thought that come into you. And all of a sudden now the door's crooked. All of a sudden now the door's crooked. Huh? All of a sudden, man, you were having a great day, but that little shim gets in there. That little thought gets in there. It throws your whole day off. It happens between husbands and wives all the time. Having a great time. And then, you know, your wife comes with a pile full of shims. Your husband. Oh, oh the lady's got a good one out of that, huh? Your husband comes with a negative thought, huh? And all of a sudden, everything is off because of that thought. Today, I want to tell you the Bible says to pull down strongholds. Pull down strongholds. Pull down those things that are going to throw everything off. And the Bible says here, it says, put on the whole armor of God that you would be able to stand against the trickery of the devil. Why? Because we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. But we wrestle against principalities and powers and spiritual weakness in heavenly realms. Martin, Dr. Martin Lloyd-Jones said this, that this is like a well-oiled army. The devil is not chaotic. He calls the shots, and all these people right here, these principalities, power, spiritual, they obey him to come after you. The same way God has his archangels and his angels and the hierarchy, the devil has his whole thing planned out as well. Their plan is to make you backslide. Their plan is to make you leave the church. Their plan is to make you complain about the church and complain about this and complain about that. Principalities, power, spiritual wickedness, and heavenly realms, they're all right there. There's a battle going on for your soul, beloved. There's a battle going on for my soul. There's a battle going on, and, and Dr. Martin Lloyd-Jones says, many people say this, well, well, let God and let, let go and let God. Let him fight my battles. But you know what he said? That we're called to engage in spiritual warfare. We're called to get a hold of God and fight and battle for our children and for our finances and for our health. We're called to step into the battle and to begin to fight. 
these principalities, it's not a physical war. So every time we look at somebody and like, oh, that guy. Uh, you guys know that guy? Amen. I hope that guy isn't that guy to all of us. Amen. When that guy shows up, we think the fight's about him. Sometimes husbands and wives, you turn around and you're like, I think, the, I think he's that guy, right? But listen, it's not a flesh and blood. It's not a flesh and blood battle. It's not. The Bible says that we fight against spiritual things. The Bible says in verse 13, Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that you will be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand, stand therefore. Do you know the Bible is talking about an evil day here in the, in the book, the King James Version. And the evil day means that, you know, the devil hits you and hits you and hits you. But then there's going to be that day when all hell breaks loose against your life. How many have ever been there before, amen? When everything starts coming at you, right? It happened to Job. When Job happened to his body, it happened to his finances, it happened to his family. Everything broke loose against Job's life. But I want to tell you this, is listen. When the enemy hits you and hits you and hits you, he's trying to prepare you to knock you down, right? It happened also with Joseph. The Bible says that Potiphar's wife was bugging him day after day. This is the first mention of a cougar in the Old Testament, amen? She was after this young guy, and I studied this, and it said that Joseph was a young, handsome man. He was a young man. He was handsome. He got a job working for Potiphar and her, and, and then Potiphar's wife, you know, I don't know how old she was, amen? I don't know the age group of cougar, amen? I don't, I don't know. I haven't looked it up yet. But she was after this guy. She was after him from day to day, the Bible says. And finally she says, you know what? My husband's away on a long journey. Come over here. <clears throat> she snagged him by the shirt and tries to drag him in the room. And this guy did a Houdini act, amen. He just kind of like, you know, he moonwalked a little bit, got out of his coat, and he ran. Huh? He ran. And then she blamed him and called rape. She said, he's trying to rape me, right? And he ends up going to prison. See, day after day, she was after him. And then she made her move. Huh? The devil, day after day, he comes after us. But then he makes our, his move. On that evil day, you got to prepare to stand in the evil day. I know Pastor Sonny and Sister Kim, their evil day came when this building wasn't being built. It was like, oh, my God, months and years are going by. And I remember them saying they laid on their face before God. And they begin to cry out to the Lord and say, God, whatever you're going to do, God, help us right now. And listen, God came through where you're sitting right now in the most beautiful building in the city of Chino. Where are you sitting right now? You're sitting in miracle territory because it took a miracle to get here. It took God to step into their situation and say, I'm going to show myself strong on your behalf. So the Bible tells us here that we're not fighting against flesh and blood. But the Bible says we're going to battle into the evil day. The evil day will come. Verse 14 says, having therefore your loins girt about with truth. Have your loins girt about with truth. You know what that means, beloved? That you and I got to be truthful. Truthful, uh, the, the belt of truth holds the breastplate on. It holds all the other pieces together. I, I want to share this with you. Listen, 
if you're not truthful with yourself, you're never going to get anywhere in Christianity. You got to be honest. You got to tell on yourself. The brothers say you got to dry snitch. I mean, you got to go and tell before they even caught you. Huh? You got to tell on yourself. You got to say, you know what, God, I did this and it was wrong, God. Here, God, I'm being truthful with you. Huh? We got to learn how to be truthful with others as well, right? We don't want to hide behind a lie anymore. If we've been living a lie, listen, get out of that. Step into the truth and say, God, this is who I am. This is where I am. Uh, there's no future in you fronting. Come on, pull some. I'm going to put some old school words out, amen. Ain't no future in you fronting, and you don't have to lie to kick it. Huh? What does that mean? I'll, I'll, I'll break it. I'll, I'll give you the definition for those of you that are older, a certain age, amen. Huh? There ain't no future in you fronting. In other words, a lot of people want to front and put on a mask, and I'm this and I'm that. Thank God we have real pastors, amen, that, that expose and, and reveal who they really are. They're not playing no spiritual games. They're not walking around high and mighty, right? I have a picture of Sister Kim right there on the lift, right there, putting up some wallpaper and the lights and all that. Real people, amen. I, Pastor, we just have a good time. We were up in the mountains. We have a good time playing cards and pool and whatever we do together as a family. There's no fronting. There's no spiritual Pharisees here walking around with big old Bibles, right, thinking, I don't have to do nothing. I'm a Pharisee. No, we don't have that in this church. We got people that are down to earth and real, that love souls, that love people. Yeah. We went with Pastor Ray to one of the Rams games, Amen. Went across the street, and we ate at uh, Pollo Campero. If you don't know, one's opening on mountains, so get ready. Amen? Real people. The truth is, not all of us are fake. We don't have a fake uh, a mask over us. When you're truthful, you know what? God loves that. He loves truth. He says to bind truth and peace on your neck like a necklace. He loves authenticity. He loves real people. He loves down-to-earth people. Why do you think you're here today? Because you were truthful with yourself and said, I need God in my life. I want to go to that church. I want to learn about God. I'm hungry to learn about God. I want to be real. See, and the truth binds everything else together. And then the Bible says to have on the breastplate of righteousness and and I have one minute left. Amen. The breastplate of righteousness. Amen. Breastplate of righteousness means that, listen, you, you think you're righteous? The devil will blow on that breastplate and burn it up in a minute. Because he knows you and you know that he knows. It's not your righteousness that protects your heart. It's not your righteousness. It's the righteousness that Christ purchased on the cross. So when the devil comes at you and says you're no good, tell him, yes, I know I'm no good. But there's someone that went to the cross and through his blood he purchased a breastplate. And now you cannot penetrate that. You can't get at me with those lies because my God purchased that righteousness for us and it protects me. Let's all stand Hallelujah. Let's all stand. Come on, lift your hands before the Lord. We got to fight for this thing called Christianity. You, wanna, you want your family back, you men in the home, fight. You want your marriage to stay strong, fight. 
You want your, your loyalty and your submissiveness to our pastor? Fight for it. Battle for it. The devil's going to fight you tooth and nail. You want to walk into heaven one day and say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Enter into my rest. You got to fight for it. You want to say with the apostle Paul, I have fought a good fight. I finished my course and I kept the faith. Then you got to fight for it. Beloved, you know how to fight in the world. It's time to get a little crazy up in the church house of God. It's time to get a little radical up in the church house of God. It's time to fight. Get those dukes up, those fisticuffs. Let's get it up. Let's fight for our family. Let's fight for our salvation. Let's fight. Come on, lift your hands before the Lord and begin to tell him, God, I want to battle, God. I want to battle, Lord Jesus. I want to battle, Lord God. I want to battle. And there's one way that we fight our battles, and that is through worship. Come on, begin to worship the Lord right now. Worship is a weapon right now. Begin to worship him and say, God, I put everything in your hands, God, everything. Every big battle, every small battle, I put it in your hands, God. And I worship you because I know that you're the one that goes before me. You're the one. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lord, hallelujah. Thank you for joining our podcast. We pray these messages build, encourage, and strengthen you in your faith. If you would like to partner with us, the Mother Church is a great place to sow a seed. So head on over to our website at viochino.org and click the giving link located at the top of the page. Also, we would love to hear from you. So leave us a praise report, prayer request, or if you've given your life to the Lord, let us know by filling out the salvation card. We would love to connect with you and help you get started on your journey of serving God here at Victory Outreach Chino.